0: the 12 days of journos yet another instance of journos
1: holiday themed content from steven jackson and brandon r reynolds
0: hello hello oh steven steven (laughs) (laughs) i almost didn't recognize your voice but then of course who else would it be
1: yeah it's me uh it's me and it's day 12 of the 12 days of journos we made it
0: the last and final day of this odyssey
1: yeah an article came out yesterday on tuesday january 4th a star from 90 day fiance who made uh, a few hundred thousand dollars selling her own farts bottled up into jars was hospitalized because she was trying to basically cook too many farts in her body she ate all this weird stuff she thought she was having a heart attack or a stroke or something yeah uh, she went to the hospital and uh, they said it was just gas.
0: Yeah. You proud of yourself on that one?
1: A- as like that this is my big thing?
0: This is how you wanted to wrap up This is how I want to wrap of,
1: up our big thing. Yeah.
0: 12 days of
1: No, I'm not proud of myself. I'm sure depressed. Yeah. And you know what? If you think that's sad... I do. Well, strap in. Because okay. um, now uh, this star, Stephanie Matto... Actually, um, if you missed the boat on buying the fart jars...
0: Mm-hmm. Which uh, I did.
1: You, you did. Me yeah. too. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, because you can now uh, buy them as an NFT. Say NFT. Yeah, I oh, did. Yeah, you could God. buy them as an NFT.
0: Sure. Yeah. Fart jar NFTs. Yeah. Economically, it, it kind of makes more sense if you... And I can't believe I'm getting sucked into this conversation. Yeah. Think about it. Because on the one hand... The labor involved in generating those farts um, is significant and will take a toll, clearly resulting in hospital stays. I'm sure her employer insurance is not covering that.
1: Well, I think she's so, self-employed. She's a, cre- she's a content creator. Yeah, well, you know, the reality then they, star.
0: Yeah, there you go. So then, yeah, it is easier to pivot and sell the idea yeah. of farts in jars which are then not only like a one-time use where you open it yeah. and that's the end of it, but yeah. can be endlessly traded, recombined, collected, yeah. and presumably turned into some kind of future currency sure. in this blighted year of 2022.
1: Is there a more perfect metaphor for an NFT than a fart in a jar?
0: No, no. That's, it feels like we've reached the pinnacle of something, certainly.
1: I think we're at the end of the road as a civilization.
0: Yeah. You know, for the entire history of human civilization, we as a species have produced stories in, in many forms. Yeah. Tales of the hunt told around campfires under an early earth and sky, songs of victory and loss. The, the great myths. The great myths, certainly. Then on up to poetry and theater, the tragedies, the comedies, then on to novels. Film, TV, all the great output of the internet, of course, long form journalism, all of it combining to add to the sum total knowledge in the universe, just information that is in the universe that did not exist before. And I feel like this story actually succeeds in taking knowledge out of the universe.
1: Yeah. I feel like it took something away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's a negative effect. There's a vacuum that happened as a result of this. (sighs) Was there anything else that you found out there in the world that you didn't think something better? Was- I
1: mean, honestly, so if if this tale of a woman uh, farting herself sick, but still making six figures, isn't the canary in the coal mine uh, indicating that we need to start taking our brains more seriously? I don't know what is.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a little puff of depressing news, <laughs> and a large windstorm of also depressing news. Yeah, that we've had to that we've had to kind of wade our way through throughout. I know, this.
1: especially today, man. Just read the headlines from today; uh, it's just all so unbelievably depressing. And that that actually got me thinking about our own minds and our own well-being, and, and the extent to which our own Honestly, mental health is at the forefront of so many conversations, and I'm not the only one who's starting to think about taking our brains more seriously. Because the folks over at the Brookings Institute recently came out with a proposal for a White House Brain Capital Council, quote, to accelerate post-COVID recovery and resilience. Uh, This is very new. They just announced it back in December 2021, on December 22nd, and the title of the proposal is great. It's Build Brains Better, which, of course, is uh, a bit of a send-up of Biden's Build Back Better.
0: Sure. The infrastructure of human cognition, I guess, is what they're going for. Um, It sounds wonky. It sounds like some degree of mumbo and possibly a little bit of jumbo. Yeah. Uh, what are we well, talking about with brain capital?
1: Yeah, le- le- let, me, uh, let me just read a few bits from the report to bring us into the world here. All roads lead to the brain. Depression and anxiety, loneliness, Alzheimer's disease, learning disorders, substance misuse disorder, long-haul COVID, i.e. brain fog, the toxic effects of air pollution on the brain, and even the deaths of despair are all brain-based challenges. So that kind of sets the tone for what this report or rather proposal is going to be all about and um it goes on in a separate article we cannot begin to solve some of our greatest societal issues homelessness incarceration deaths of despair without focusing on care for people with brain health disorders Um, so it, it it kind of goes on to discuss the brain as an asset that we individually possess and Ties in all of these things that we're working on as a country and as a society and sort of runs them through this filter of how is brain health specifically related to all of these bigger deal efforts? Okay. Um, As we also enter into this new, ever evolving form of further modernization, um, the, the jobs of tomorrow, the jobs of today are all very reliant on brain power so we can start thinking about things as it also known as the brain economy um sure there are obviously the countless epidemics of different types of addiction you know opioid addiction alcoholism all of those things are all they all impact the brain they talk about brains being under siege as a result of mis and disinformation on social media so you start looking at what they're talking about. And essentially, they're proposing that the White House creates a task force that's focused specifically on our brains, and are treating the brain as a valuable asset.
0: Got you. So the idea here is, as we have been trying to find throughout, I guess, modern economic history, a common denominator, a single metric around which we can all unify and say, this is important. This is the thing. If we can make this thing work, everything else will economically fall into place. If it takes attaching it to economic output to make people care about things like depression and anxiety and mental illness and addiction, then maybe it's worth looking into, admittedly.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's easy to turn on the cynicism really quickly, right? Because they're uh, right off the bat talking about brain capital, the brain economy, the thing itself, they want it to be called the brain capital council. So all of this begins to feel like, oh, shucks, we can't have people offing themselves or getting addicted to to drugs or like not being able to be functioning members of the workforce so we have to finally take mental health seriously like yeah sure there's there's a real jaded um approach to all of this but if we for a moment assume best intentions which is an important thing to do these days it it starts to seem actually pretty cool right it's asking the highest levels of government to concentrate on this asset, this beautiful miracle that we all possess, our brain, and to start taking it seriously and to start building policy with the health and well-being of specifically our brains in mind. So what does that look like? That could look like a lot of different things. The way they see it, this Brain Capital Council is interrelated with with many other existing White House councils, right? So... A really easy one is the National Security Council. In the proposal, they say radicalization is happening through social media at a rapid rate. This is a brain-based phenomenon, also known as brain hijacking. So how, how can we approach this problem of radicalization or misinformation or any of these other things? Well, why don't we look at it through the lens of this is a brain problem, right? So um, the Council on Environmental Quality air pollution, micro and nanoplastics are brain damaging pollutants. So if we start sort of couching all of these problems in this idea that we're damaging our brains and our brains are our most valuable assets as a species, then it starts to promote perhaps a different way of looking at both the severity of these problems and how we might begin to address them.
0: Sure. Yeah. According to these folks, brain health disorders account for more than three trillion US dollars of lost productivity every year. And two, with the long-term effects of potentially long COVID, that may become even worse. So I see that, and I am not opposed to the idea of figuring out how to make this work. I am just extremely worried about the consequences of anchoring mental health to this economic output goal when maybe we should be thinking about it as just a human right that we should protect and preserve because brains are important for the sake of being attached to humans and humans are important for that. It's sort of like in the early days of the industrial revolution, there weren't limits on how old a person could be to work or how many hours they would work. So you'd have children working a million hours until they, you know, fell into a vat of soup or whatever it was they were making back then. And, eventually someone said, hey, maybe we shouldn't have children working because there are so many super related fatalities. Uh, similarly, adults should maybe not have to work every day uh, of the year. Yeah. And so those things kind of were reined in to like carve back some bit of human dignity against you know the large goal of economic output, which as we know is extremely powerful and continues to be more so. So you know, I think there's always that thing to, to keep in mind is, yes, we do want to, you know, cure Alzheimer's, but do we want to cure Alzheimer's for the sake of a corporation or do we want to cure it for the sake of the people who have Alzheimer's? And should we prioritize it that way instead?
1: Sure. I mean, I guess the counterpoint there is how well is that going so far, right? Like like how well is the, is the overall fight for, you know, human rights for the sake of human rights really going so far? right it's a good yeah so by th- it's almost like this type of policy um, advocacy is kind of meeting the american government and this world this flawed world where it's at right it's t- it's speaking the language of other policy reforms and in that way it is kind of this radical idea to treat it, the brain as having as much value as any of these other things we're doing all of this work in policy making about. It took me a second to kind of unpack all this. And so I'll read another quote from the report. By placing the brain, our most worthwhile asset, at the very center of the nation's policy making process, we will be able to increase people's productivity as well as their well-being. This strategy and the task force to coordinate it can build back better our American brain power. So yeah, there is, this, there is that sneaky language in there about increasing productivity, as well as their well-being, and it, it, productivity does come first, granted. But I, I, I do think that this is speaking to what's clearly a problem. As people may or may not know, I was, like an, I was an educator for 10 years. If this isn't just, let's improve the schools. This isn't just, let's, make it, let's improve public education. This is like a neuroscience-based approach in a neuroscience and education-based perspective on how we should be considering the human brain and and how those considerations have ripple effects across all aspects of society.
0: Yeah. Again, I think it's, it's what you end up linking that stuff to, but maybe that's just what we've got. I mean, what I keep coming back to is this image of a proud, moist brain fluttering at the end of a flagpole and it's painted like the american flag um, <laughs> and i hope that's the iconography they pull uh i will say <laughs> that as angry as i am with you for inaugurating today with the fart jar story I do you feel like you've taken us in an interesting direction and i think we should explore the idea of brain capital further perhaps this is something we can add to our themes for the year let's see how much deeper we can get into the world of brain capital
1: brain capital and then you could have like a brain capital hedge fund you know
0: oh boy you're already a part of the system Stephen. I'm, I'm in i'm institutionalized indeed but it has been a delightful 12 days of journos swapping stories with you Stephen, and i look forward to what the hell else we're going to get into this year
1: all right i gotta go buy a fart
0: oh boy okay use your brain use your beautiful brain <laughs> take care take care
1: Journos is produced by Heather Eagle Ears Wilson